The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. Outside, currently, we're looking at cloudy skies, 40 degrees in Buffalo. Changes could be coming to a number of Western New York schools with new rules by the state expected to be approved today. Here's WBEN's Tom Puckett. The State Board of Regents meets today expected to approve a new policy requiring schools to abandon Native American mascots, or risk withholding of state aid. Salamanca Superintendent Mark Beeler says he supports that policy. However, he has one concern. Each one of these circumstances should be looked at, um, you know, specific to the characteristics of that particular school. Beeler says the district collaborates with the Seneca Nation, which has advocated for the removal of mascots related to indigenous practices and people. In Salamanca, we do not have a Native American mascot. Um, we do identify as the Warriors, and we have a logo, which is a historically accurate representation of a Seneca male. How do students feel? Our student population, specifically our student government and our student activism club, have surveyed the student body at the high school. About 83% is the response rate. Uh, the preponderance of those students have indicated that uh, they would like to stay the Warriors. They uh, do not find the logo that we uh, utilize to be offensive. West Seneca says in a statement, West Seneca West is in the process of phasing out the Indians mascot with student input for a new mascot. Read West Seneca's full district and listen to the full conversation with Beeler online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Tom, thank you. Uh, Salamanca, you heard from there. Cheektowaga, uh, Tonawanda. West Seneca West, Iroquois, just some of the other local districts that could be impacted by what's expected to happen a little bit later on today. An update on the turmoil at Narden Academy. Two school leaders are releasing a statement Monday saying a previous call from nine board members for resignations by the school president and board chair was rogue and premature. They're waiting on an independent assessment. It goes on to say the they call the effort irresponsible, and they say it's further damaged the school and divided the community. Last week, students and staff held a walkout at the school. Over the weekend, three large financial supporters said they would no longer donate to Narden unless there was a leadership change. Elizabeth Dodge and Tish Van Dyke say they look forward to healing divisions on the board and in the community, and they urged everyone to wait until an assessment from outside counsel is complete before reaching conclusions. They say the report should be issued shortly. After years of waiting, the final state-owned piece of vacant land at Canal Side on its way to being developed after a preferred developer was selected yesterday to turn the two-acre North Odd Block, better known as the pit, into a mixed-use commercial retail residential space. WBEN's Max Ferry has more on what's changing near Buffalo's downtown waterfront. The next thing you're going to see when you come down this year is you're going to see the Sinatra building, this heritage point, go up on the south odd block. We're pouring concrete now. Steel's going to go up soon. Um, that building's going to move forward. And then, you know, across the way on the north block, same thing. We're, you're going to start to see construction out there in a little over a year, year and a half. It's going to completely transform what's going on in this area. That's Erie Canal Harbor Development Corporation President Stephen Rinaldi, who paints the picture of a canal side project nearing completion and two canal side projects to come, both located on the blocks of where the old Memorial Odd once stood, demolished in 2009. The Harbor Development Corporation put forth on Monday two projects 
projects, both relating to the vacant land. Gone be the empty lots. In the next year and a half, we will see connecting roads and multiple buildings designed for restaurants, retail shops, and even affordable housing. We want to bring as many people down to the waterfront to be able to not just come down for the day and enjoy it, but to have a chance to live there just like anybody else. So the, the better the mix, the stronger the mix, the better for Western New York. There will be one project starting construction within a month, the Gateway Building, located in the North Odd Block. Those details and much more are available to you at WBEN.com. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News. All right, Max, thank you. Gasoline getting more expensive as we head towards summer. You can blame OPEC Plus's recent cut in production causing oil prices to go up, mixed with more states switching to pricier summer blends of gasoline and increasing demand for travel during spring break and heading toward the summer. But bottom line, we're all paying more. The Energy Department reports in the past week the average price of regular unleaded went up seven cents on top of a ten cent rise a week ago. Now the average is at three sixty six a gallon, still though forty cents a gallon less than a year ago at this time. Alex Stone, EBC News. Locally we're paying on average three sixty a gallon, up five cents from last week, up from three thirty six a gallon last month. A 20-year-old woman shot and killed in Washington County near the Vermont border over the weekend after the car she was in pulled into the wrong driveway. Police say Caitlin Gillis was with three people headed to a friend's house on Saturday night when they ended up at the wrong house in the town of Hebron. Here's Sheriff Jeff Murphy. While they were leaving the residence, once they determined that they were at the wrong house, uh, a subject came out on his porch for whatever reason and fired two shots, one of which struck the vehicle that Kalen was in. The homeowner, 65-year-old Kevin Monahan, is in custody, charged now with second-degree murder. And two felony counts have been filed against a Kansas City homeowner accused of shooting a 16-year-old black boy who mistakenly rang his doorbell. 16-year-old Ralph Yarrow went to the wrong neighbor's front door and rang the doorbell to pick up his younger siblings. Police say that's when 85-year-old Andrew Lester shot him in the head and then shot him again. Yarrow ran away. He went to three other homes searching for help, badly injured, and was turned away three times. Now, prosecutors are charging Lester with counts that, if found guilty, could put him in prison for life. The probable cause statement indicates that uh, rounds were fired through a glass door. Clay County Prosecutor Zach Thompson Yarrell is now home recovering from being shot. Alex Stone, EBC News. WBEN Newstime 508. The COVID pandemic likely originated from a lab leak. It's the finding of yet another report. This one unveiled today by a Senate Health Committee. Josh Margolin says the report, released by the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, raises the possibility of not one but two lab leaks. Lab leak number one is that somebody gets sick inside the Wuhan Institute of Virology and they then go out. The population is then exposed to this contagion. And that leads to lab leak two because everybody's freaking out that this pathogen is now out there in the population. So they go ahead and they start having scientists and different labs start working feverishly on developing a vaccine. They believe that the greater leak occurs at that point. That's when the pandemic explodes because so many different people are involved with trying to develop this vaccine so quickly. All right, we'll hear more from Josh on this coming up a little bit later on this morning. And NHL playoffs got underway last night. It was 
Western New York native Alex Ayafalo, who put the Kings over the Oilers 4-3 in overtime in Game 1 of their playoff series. The Kopitar left circle to the goal line. Arvidsson centers. Score! Alex Ayafalo wins it in overtime! It's a power play goal! A touch pass by Arvidsson to Ayafalo in front, who buries it. All right, how about that? Getting started uh, with uh, Edmonton losing the first game. Other winners last night, Minnesota, double overtime over Dallas. Boston and Carolina both won. Yeah, double overtime. I think that game ended at uh, around 1 a.m., the Ooh. Minnesota wow. <laughs> game. And then you had, of course, uh, another it, both late games going into overtime. So late, late night, if you were watching the playoffs last night. Good for Alex Iafalo getting yeah. that uh, goal. Do kind of feel bad for the Oilers, though. You got to be, if you're an Edmonton fan, like here we go again. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Scattered rain and snow showers with a cold breeze today. Temperatures hovering near 40 degrees. Tonight, a little rain and snow early in the evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy and chilly. Overnight lows in the low 30s. Partly sunny Wednesday near 50 degrees. A mix of sun and clouds back to near 70 by Thursday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Joining us on the line, Mark Wendell. He is with the Erie Canal Harbor Development Corporation. We're talking about the North Odd Block, where some big moves were made yesterday. Mark, uh, thanks for being on with us. This is kind of a long time coming, right? Exactly what are we talking about? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, first, good morning. Um, this North Odd Block is finally, I think, the last piece that uh, people have been waiting for uh, to help complete Canal Side. You know, with the creation of the canals and then uh, explore more, uh, the conversion of the Donovan Building. We have Heritage Point under construction, bringing in apartments. And now this, this last piece uh, is going to bring a mixed-use development there with, uh, you know, commercial uh, activation along the towpath and street levels of, you know, restaurants and retail and, and then residential units kind of bringing in together a, a neighborhood down at Canal Side. Uh, the developer was approved yesterday, Mark. What do they have in mind in terms of buildings on that site, um, height of the buildings, too? Um, they have, uh, first of all, it's, it's the, the hole that is right now, if you go down there, is going to be filled with uh, two levels of parking deck. Um, and then once that's established, they have uh, approximately five buildings that they're going to construct um, about that. But in, And the reason it's, it's broken up into five buildings, uh, you know, currently we have uh, the Lloyd Street and Commercial Street bridges that end to nowhere. And and there will be pedestrian streets that align with that and, and fit within the building and provide public space at the ground level uh, as well. So it will be a mixed use uh, of a variety of buildings. And the heights right now are going to be varied, uh, probably, I think, uh, starting at you know, as low as four stories along the canal. And they go up maybe, I think, about eight stories uh, in front of the, uh, the I-90. We hear mixed use a lot. How is this mixed use going to be different and tailored to where it is? Uh, I think one of the great components of this development team is, uh, besides their success rate, uh, you know, Penrose out of Brooklyn, New York, and then they have M Squared, uh, another successful developer, woman-owned developer, is the inclusion of Westminster Economic Development Institute of right here in Buffalo. You know, a, a development initiative that has a good connection to the community and it has helped grow businesses. So I think they're going to rely on them to help establish those retail and, and restaurants along the, the lower level to really try to sustain success and understand what Western New York wants to have in the Canal Side area. Uh, Mark, 
you know, what's the timeline that we're looking at for this north odd block? And will construction of the south odd block and north odd block be going on at the same time? So we don't anticipate that. Uh, the south odd block, uh, Heritage Point, which is under construction currently, uh, should be completed by, uh, you know, into the fall of 2024. Um, right now, uh, we expect the developer to get shovel ready uh, at the early part of 2025. So there should be uh, no overlap. And, and that's going to allow them, with us approving them yesterday, that's going to allow them to move forward and, you know, work and get the design uh, um, finalized and construction documents ready to, to begin construction. So this is still a, a little ways from being what we see in some of these renderings. Yes, yeah. It, we like I said, I think we're we're looking to have them ready, uh, shuffle ready, uh, at, at least by twenty, the early start of twenty twenty five. And and the housing component, fifty um, percent, I've heard, will be affordable housing. I mean, is that low income housing? And is it is it needed there? It, um, it's not technically low. Affordable housing is basically based on the income of, of those uh, of, of job opportunities um, in the area. So it's not um, low income. It's, it's it's affordable and mixed rate. So it's and there might be a, a low low income component. I'm not. We're we're still waiting for uh, Penrose to uh, really move forward and understand that development. Uh, but they are working on the a low income part with BMHA just down the street. Um, in the Commodore Perry structure, but um, it, it will be a mixed rate uh, housing development. I think it will be very successful this is just be based on the success they've had in their projects in other cities across the country. You know, one of the things people have really enjoyed about Canal Side is the green space area by the water. And, and that's pretty much as you get closer, you know, a little further away from those replica canals and closer to the actual water and the boardwalk. Those green parcels there, the the grass that's on Canal Side across the road from where this development is happening, is that going to stay or is that set to be developed as well? Because, you know, we've heard kind of conflicting things over the years as to what exactly is going to happen there. What's your understanding of future plans? Um, those two parcels are owned by the city of Buffalo. Um and in the general project plan that oversees Canal Site, they could be development parcels. Those are the last remaining parcels that could see development on them. Um, and at this point, um, I, I don't know how the city's gonna be moving forward with them. Um, they could remain green spaces, but once we're, we're, we're complete with North Odd Block, if, they're, if there's looking for additional development, whether it's on part of those lands or all of them, those are the last two remaining designated development sites but at this point um i don't know what is actually going to move forward with that and i would expect green space to be there at least for the near future is it kind of a struggle at all uh, with the board we're running a web poll this morning at wben.com asking if progress on the waterfront is headed in the right direction and it's 50 50 right now i mean how cognizant is the board that some people feel it's being overdeveloped um, I think it's it's something we've heard. Um, we are, you know, every time we go out with a, po a project like this, we we ha have public engagement. And then, you know, in this project uh, for the North Hall Block, you know, uh, maybe two years ago, we engaged a consultant team to help us 
figure out what is the correct approach of development um, at the North Block level. And at that time, we, you know, this the plan, the potential for this development that was put out there in this RFP was based on public uh, feedback that we did through uh, multiple public sessions and and um, meetings through through variety of neighborhood neighborhood uh, owners to understand the right development in this area. So we do listen to public, and whenever the state we put forward a project, we do have public engagement with through multiple public uh, hearings. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.